0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John.
1: Glory to you, Lord Christ.
0: Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, "Rabuni," which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise. Praise. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. If this has not been the lentiest Lent that there has ever been, I do not know what it is. If this Lent was a movie, it would be Christmas vacation. But instead of a crazed squirrel and a dog who's tearing up the house and trees that are burning down, we have replaced those with gloves and masks, toilet paper hoarding and hand sanitizer everywhere we go. Easter is one of those moments in which we often come together and we have these joyous occasions in which the church is filled with lilies and beautiful uh, colors. The, the, the choir has worked on their uh, anthem piece that is to rouse within us this deep joy of God's love for us. Children who are put on their Sunday best so that they can get their picture taken as they push other children out of the way so they can get the prized Easter egg. All of those things are not going to be a part of this Easter. And some of us may sit there and rightfully say, geez, Easter has been written, has been ruined. But in many ways, this Easter is like the Easter. That Mary Magdalene and Peter and James and John and the others experienced on that first Easter day. It was not a moment of um, extreme joy. It was a moment of confusion, of amazement. And as Mark's gospel tells us, a moment of fear. Today's gospel lesson, Mary comes to the tomb, Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb and she sees the giant rock that has been moved away from where they have laid Jesus and she finds the tomb empty. Her first thought is not, oh, he must have been raised from the dead. Her first thought is somebody has stolen his body. her first and initial reaction was one of sorrow and of pain and if this morning we are experiencing some of that in the midst of confusion that is okay then we might have a little taste of what Mary Magdalene's Easter was like cs lewis and he reflected upon his wife's death said that it felt like God had slammed a door shut and bolted the door closed. That this was for him the most unbearable feeling of isolation, loneliness, and grief. And it is not uncommon in these times for us to turn to God and say, why have you done this to us? Earlier this week in the midst of morning prayer, one of the readings came from Lamentations. And the one who is lamenting to God all but says, God, you have done this to us because of our sin. It is easy for us to feel loss and uncertainty, to feel that we are estranged from God, to feel like somehow God is punishing us. Philip Yancey in one of his books notes that as Jesus is on the cross and he cries out that prayer of, uh, prayer of dereliction, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, Jesus is unable to bring himself to say, God, my father, why have you done this? Jesus is unable to call out Abba, Daddy, why are you doing this to me? That Christ felt the same abandonment that we also are feeling now. But God does not leave us in those questions in that place of darkness. God comes to us and comforts us and loves us as a father loves his children. Mary, after finding the tomb is empty, goes and runs back and tells uh, Peter and the others, someone has taken our Lord, and they all run back to see if what Mary Magdalene has said is true. And while the disciples go on, Mary Magdalene, who has called the apostles to the apostles because she is the first to proclaim the good news that Christ has died, is sitting there and in tears and is crying. And an angel, a messenger of the Lord, comes to her and says, "Why are you crying?" Throughout Scripture, time an angel comes to somebody, the angel says, "What?" says, "Do not be afraid." Think about Mary, who was a chi- who was a young woman prior to Jesus' birth, was uh, sitting there, and an angel comes to her and says, "Do not be afraid. You will give birth to a child." Think about the shepherds who are sitting in the field watching their flock by night, and the angel of the Lord's come to them and says, Do not be afraid. But in the midst of Mary Magdalene's deepest fear and deepest sorrow and deepest pain, the angel does not have a proclamation of do not be afraid. The angel comes to her and says, Why are you crying? comes and meets her right where she is to tell her that all is not lost. Mary Magdalene realizes that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is present in her life, not in some spiritual way, but in a very real way. The resurrection of Jesus, the fact that the tomb was empty, the proclamation "He is not here, for He is risen" is at the heart of the Christian gospel. N.T. Wright says that the first generation of Christians, when they were asked why are you a Christian, the straight answer would have been because Jesus was raised from the dead. Whatever that meant. However they understood it, what it did mean is that we are a people who are not without hope. That we are a people who know that God will not leave us comfortless. That we are a people who are convinced that God will not forget us even when our answers of why are not immediately heard. I know it sounds really ridiculous if you go and you tell someone, hey, you know the person that you saw hanging and suffering from the tree. You know the one that you saw whose side was pierced. You know the one that you saw who was, battled, who was battered and bruised. That one, that one came alive. I've seen him. I touched him. I had a meal with him. All the gospels say that it took a really long time for the disciples and the apostles and the followers of Jesus to really understand this. John's gospel, Peter, goes back to being a fisherman. And Jesus comes to him and says, feed my sheep. The resurrection was a bodily resurrection. Right? This is the triumph over sin and death this is the triumph over coronavirus this is the triumph over the things that hurt us and harm us this is a bodily resurrection this is not just warm fuzzy feelings this is not the stirring of the soul that we get when we hear the song Jesus Christ is risen today this is not the stirring within our soul as we see young children uh, getting ready for an Easter egg in their Sunday best this is the good news that Christ's body was raised to life. And if God can raise Jesus from the dead, then it says that all the worldly powers, whether they are human worldly powers or whether they are natural worldly powers that harm us, cannot be stronger than God. Heavy stones are moved, Roman soldiers are terrified, and authorities spread to cover up the truth that Christ is risen finally that the resurrection is an act of divine love to those who are undeserved Jesus appears to a weeping woman terrified men Doubters, runaways, people who don't know their Bible, and disciples who quit the business and go back to their day job. Jesus shows up to them, meets them where they are, and says, why are you crying? Why have you abandoned? I am here with you, and now I have something for you to do, which is to go to the corners of the earth and let people know that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. I have a mission for you which is to say that love is stronger than death. I have a mission for you which is to say that whatever it is that harms us in this world is not bigger than Jesus Christ. One of the earliest church fathers, Athanasius, said this. He says that we no longer die as those who are condemned, but as those who will arise. We are reminded that in each and every Good Friday or in the silence and the quietness of Holy Saturday that Easter morning is always next. St. Paul in one of his letters says this darkness is not the darkness that has just come. It is the darkness just before the dawn. Love is abounding. We see the signs of new life around us. We are a people who have hope because the tomb is empty and jesus has met us and says do not weep take heart and have hope amen
0: thank you for listening for more go to christchurchtulsa.org and peace be with you